Greenside, the IGA podcast. Also, Mike McCoy, the 2013 U.S. Johnson, now a two-time major champion after becoming the winner of the 144th Open Championship. All right, welcome to Greenside, the IGA podcast. Clint Brown here with you. Got guest Sarah Bidney, PGA golf professional and director of instruction at Wakanda Club. Uh, you probably know Sarah. She's won numerous Iowa section and national awards and honors for development and teaching the game. Uh, Sarah, first of all, welcome to the podcast. And uh, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about your background? Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, yeah, I, I got started golfing when I was almost 15. I was a freshman at Johnston High School. So Mar, uh, people, I'm sure a lot of people know Steve Smith. So he was my high school coach and he made an announcement in our freshman algebra class. Any girl that wants to come out for the girls golf team, I'll teach you how to golf. It's $20 for this jacket. And uh, a couple of my friends and I kind of like the jacket and <laughs> that's the rest, you know, that's, that's the rest of it. No, not really, but, um, <laughs> but we did join and he nice. was tremendous. And uh, my father used to golf and then I have two sisters. So, you know, being a busy parent, uh, that went to the wayside a little bit, but he got back into it. So that I think helped a tremendous amount, uh, went and played at Simpson college after being playing for Johnston and then, uh, went into the PGA, uh, once I graduated from Simpson. Fun Sarah, game. I guess, you know, those, those early days, it sounds like you, you kind of started, you know, from the, from the ground up. What do you remember from kind of those early days of, of kind of just catching the golf bug? Yeah, I think, um, I just remember it being a, a, a good challenge. I had fun with my friends. It was quite social. Um, of course, having Steve Smith and then uh, early on uh, a teaching pro named Lee Holworth um, was who I worked with uh, for a number of years. Um, I think it just all of it clicked. I think it, it sort of takes a village, <laughs> at least in my case, it seemed like I had a, a good number of positive influences throughout those years. Um, and then once I graduated college and needed to really uh, get my game in gear, which might sound funny being a, a division three collegiate athlete, but you know, many things were pulling at my time and I, mm -hmm. I was shooting maybe mid eighties, low eighties on a good day, but uh, sometimes sneaking into the nineties as a college player. So that's just the level I was at maybe fifth or sixth on the travel team. Okay. But um, when I needed to pass the playing ability test to get into the PGA, which is a 36 hole, yeah, two round event in one day where you have a target score, uh, that I, I needed to shoot a couple 78s, you know, which was a little bit better than what I was used to doing. Um, I started working with Mark Egley, who everyone knows. Yeah. And yeah. that was a really great experience. And he, in fact, put me in contact with Kevin Beard at Otter Creek. And I did my first, I was, I was an assistant professional at Otter Creek for, I think, uh, four and a half or five years. So anyway, it's just, uh, it was just it was just fun going from an absolute beginner to having some really great uh, mentors. And uh, of course, my father was a huge influence. And uh, yeah, that's it's been really fun. <laughs> Would you say you just kind of kind of a player that just kind of kept getting better? Um, and obviously, as you you know, as you as you got out of school, you, you said you had a lot of things pulling at your your time, which I understand. Um, was it a matter of you just able to kind of focus on that a little bit more and, and was able just to kind of fine tune things? Yeah, I'd say, cause I was graduating from Simpson, uh, needing to figure out what I was going to do next. Was mm -hmm. I going to go, uh, to graduate school? 
Um, had I done that, I had an interest in geographic information systems, you know, so it's kind of sure. funny to think, wow, that, that direction where that was, uh, yeah, exactly. where that would have, where that would have taken me. And, but, um, again, with my father being a, a huge influence, he said, what do you think about golf? We, why not play for a living instead of work for a living, which, you know, he understood I wasn't going to her route, but right. he just thought, why not combine your passion uh, you know, something that you do enjoy. And, and, uh, eventually I kind of liked the idea of that, and I think with most folks in the golf business, whether they're trying to get on the tour or even here in this, this side, the club side of things, I knew I could go back to school and could go the, uh, you know, to get a graduate degree a couple of years later, at least I believed I could. And, um, but when I got in the mix at Otter Creek and, it just, I really, really enjoyed it. And, uh, and with Kevin Beard got great, great exposure to junior golf camps and junior golf mm -hmm. programs and mm -hmm. really fell in love with teaching and the rest was history. Sarah, I noticed on your, your bio that you were involved in Operation State Champ with Kevin Beard out there at Otter Creek. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. That was a tremendous program. Um, now I think there's a, a fair amount of winter opportunities for juniors, but I, I want to say he was one of the only ones and, and uh, he was fortunate enough to secure to secure a old fire station up in Ankeny mm -hmm. um, and Otter Creek is owned by the city of Ankeny. So he was able to have access to that building. And I want to say each winter, by the time I was involved, had 150, 160 kids in it each winter you know, split into groups of uh, probably eight to 10 per class with three different rotations stations to go through. And, and um, Kevin had a lot of friends in the business and, and brought a lot of uh, other professionals in. And those kids just went through a tremendous program. And I don't even recall now how many kids came out of that literally as state champs or the teams were state champs mm -hmm. and kids that went on to play collegiate golf. So it was uh, a wonderful opportunity for the kids. And then just for me being a young instructor, it was just a fantastic way for me to uh, learn from some of the greatest, you know, teaching pros and professionals in our area. And it was, it was awesome. I think I was involved maybe seven or eight winters. It was kind of funny. We were just talking about this, this program in a, in a meeting, um, last week. And we were talking about how he, you know, he kind of took that, that, uh, firehouse or, uh, you know, fire station and kind of modeled it into, to what he needed for the station. But we were also talking about maybe he might've been one of the first to really implement, uh, the video with kids yeah. and, and not, not just kids, but golfers in, in general, you know, showing them their swings on video. Um, Cause yeah. I guess there was a room where you could go in and there, you know, a couple of the instructors would go in there and you'd, you'd hit some balls and, and, yep. uh, and see your, see your swing on video. So that was, yeah, you know, that was sure. kind of innovative yeah. at the time. Now, you know, think oh, about now sure. everybody's got doing that and stuff. But, <laughs> oh my. Yeah. Yeah. No, he had several camcorders you know, with the mini DV tapes or whatever was in them. And mm -hmm. then um, we wouldn't look at them right away. The next session, you know, he would have it uh, so we could play it onto some TVs. Uh, well, I'm pretty sure it was through a TV, but he did have V1. So I do remember okay. we could draw, okay. draw could lines yep. And, yep. On the computer, and all that. Sure. But yeah, it was, you know, again, to have that number of juniors go through and they each got individual um, video feedback multiple times throughout the, the winter semester was awesome so and, you, and the uh, kids loved it the kids yeah. you know you know how it is uh, yep. if, if a Friends kiddo's not having any fun they don't want to yep. do it but these these guys and gals would come motivated have a bunch of fun got really good so it was great 
Sarah, you uh, you spent some time down in Naples as well during some winters. You want to kind of talk about that experience? Sure. Yeah. Um, I went down and interviewed at three or four different places and um, received a couple offers and, and went to one called Stonebridge Country Club. Ended up being down there for two winters and uh, had the invitation to come back, but just some things changed personally. I'd fallen in love and <laughs> wanted to be back in Iowa year round, but um, it was great. Uh, so I would leave here early November as, as our season started to wind down and mm -hmm. stay there until early March. And um, it's, it was fantastic. They had a women's group that every Tuesday morning uh, we'd have 120 players shotgun in the morning. And then we'd have another 30 to 45 players uh, tee off the back nine in the afternoon uh, to play nine holes. So it was a very active women's program and just yeah. a very active club in general. Uh, I really enjoyed how the pro structured things because we would work four 10 hour days okay. and then we'd have three days off to do what we want or to teach. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and that, that worked great. So, uh, even though I was working year round, I wasn't getting burnt out and sure. yeah, just got to be in a different part of the country near the you know, go to the beach a few yeah. times. And, right, right. Good, <laughs> but no, good, that's good spot that to be. Yeah, for sure. So that was wonderful. Well, Sarah, I had down on my notes, and I apologize I didn't mention this when I introduced you. Are a Class A member of the PGA? I believe you got that in two thousand six. I know that's an uh -huh. important important thing in the in that world. Can you just talk about um, kind of going through that program and maybe kind of inform our our listeners that maybe don't know about that program or don't maybe don't completely understand what that all entails. Sure. So when I went through it, it was um, 2002 to 2006. Mm -hmm. And it was self-guided, although they, they have three different levels at that time. And they still have a three-level system. But um, And I would get a bunch of uh, basically schoolwork on different aspects of the business, golf cart fleet management, food and beverage, customer service, uh, customer relations, teaching and coaching, and just so on and so forth. So when you come out of the program, at least when I went through it, you were pretty well-rounded. And then from there, you could choose which avenue you wanted to explore, whether it was becoming a head pro and director of golf or general manager or food and beverage, or I obviously went the teaching and coaching route. So, mm -hmm. um, but it, a bunch of work experience that they would ask you questions, you know, have these workbooks that you'd fill out. So, which was nice because I actually needed to go to other facilities to chat with a food mm -hmm. and beverage manager when I was sure. at Otter Creek. And like I went and worked, um, with John Ward over when he was at Golf Galaxy uh, and ha it had me sit down with our own superintendent, which I knew our superintendent, but I never sat down and interviewed him. Sure. And so it was really a nice uh, experience. And um, after each level, you submit that work experience kit. If you pass, then you would uh, fly down to Port St. Lucie, Florida and uh, attend a testing environment. And if you passed all the tests, then you could stay for the next two or three days of seminars that get you started on the next level. It's adjusted some now. It's pretty phenomenal. Uh, so if there's any high school kids listening or mm -hmm. parents of high schoolers, you can they can go to college for what I did. So, right. and in fact, I have a, uh, a boy that I coached from the age of 12 that graduated from Waukee. And this month he's graduating from the University of Nebraska Lincoln mm -hmm. and he'll have uh, his, uh, business degree. He'll have his class A membership. So it, it sets, sets them up to, to move into the business and uh, be successful. So um, now this can all be done in a four and a half degree through a college or university. 
So yeah, right, right away when they graduate. Yeah. That that's, yeah. Uh, that's been a great, great program around the country. I know a few places in Nebraska you mentioned, and then um, I don't think I mentioned this. I actually coached uh, the men's golf team at central college for a little while. And I know that's, oh. a, I know that's a bad word, you know, with a Simpson grad, but I, we're all friends here. We can, that's, we, we can are agree on that. Friends. But it, Methodist was another one that it was, you know, oh, that sure. was, that was always the themes to beat. But it was like, you know, well, they, my always thing was like, well, they do have a program that they're turning out pros. So, oh, you know, they, sure. they should, they should be pretty good. But yeah. Anyway, yep. um, Sarah, now how long have you been at Wakanda? So started in 2015. Okay. So this is uh, my eighth, wrapping up my eighth season. And um, yeah, that's been great there. It's been really wonderful. Well, I was thinking I started with the IGA in 2015 and I was thinking it was right about that time is, is when I, when you started at Wakanda, but I wasn't a hundred percent sure on that. Yeah. Um, Sarah, I guess, was it early on that you knew you wanted to teach and, you know, work in the development side of the game or kind of where did that start? Yeah, I'd say, um, for the first five years I was at, at, uh, Otter Creek and then having that opportunity to be in that winter operation state champ and then a bunch of summer camps um, that I was eventually able to help run. I mean, Kevin was always the spearhead of everything, but it was nice that uh, I was able to earn his trust and and help organize and run those. Um, and that's something that, you know, you just build your confidence as you work through those years, uh, mm-hmm. you know, as, as an assistant, which was great. And then um, from there, I was able to I, I enjoyed teaching enough that I was starting to apply for teaching positions. And there was one in Park City, Utah that came up. And I want to say it was for the 2006 season. Okay. And I didn't, I didn't get it. Uh, I had phone interviews and, and it, it went well, but didn't get it. And then I got a call uh, in January of 2006. No, so I must have been interviewing for 2005. But anyway, January... Okay regardless of my years, not getting those mixed up. Um, I got a call that next January saying that the person they hired, it didn't work out and that I was second on their list and they wanted to have me come out. So uh, I went out, they flew me out and interviewed and it, you know, of course, Park City's gorgeous, but it just kind of blew my mind. And uh, it was a place called Promontory that's still there. Um, And, uh, and that was my very first nothing but teaching full-time okay. teaching for for the season and even there um i have a mentor i haven't mentioned yet andre martin she was hired as the director of instruction and i was hired as a assistant like as a teaching professional i guess officially okay so i worked under her and she was fantastic she she helped you know me even further with with my knowledge of of the swing and um yeah it was just it was great so that's and then from there, I decided to come back full time to Iowa, ended up uh, working at, oh gosh, maybe four or five different facilities because okay. Okay. I wasn't sure where I was going to, how I was going to stay busy. So this would have been 2008. Uh, and so I worked at Sugar Creek, Jester Park, Toad Valley, Terrace Hills. And I even drove up to Boone because a friend of the family uh, they own Honey Creek or they did own Honey Creek up in Boone. So I just went all over and then eventually settled at Sugar Creek and was there until, uh, 2015 when I made the move to be director of instruction at Wakanda. Okay. Um, Sarah, and and you can kind of speak on this. Um, you know, it's probably fun for you because you get to work with so many different people at so many different levels and probably just seeing them kind of climb the ladder of, 
of success is, is probably really rewarding, isn't it? Oh, for sure. And it's, I start as young as age three mm-hmm. right now. So, okay. which I, I did not have that in my repertoire. Um, but there's, <laughs> there's a wonderful program called birdie basics, um, that I learned of, and it's a PGA professional and former, uh, you know, preschool educator. Okay. So she knows just how to engage and work with those kiddos. And it's, it's a, a ton of fun. So she trains us. And plus I had my own children at that point. So I, okay. I was right. That was right. In my wheelhouse working with those ages of kids when I first got started uh, with that probably in 2016 or 2017. So, um, so yeah, as young as age three, all the way up through graduating senior and of course adults, but it's, it's really great to see. Uh, and it takes a while to learn anything, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not just golf, but to see these kids, especially uh, throughout the years, my phone is filled with pictures of all their successes because we keep track of their low scores and we have different scoring goals on course. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so much fun to see them reach their goals and just to know a lot of these these kids, eventually as they get to be sophomores and, junior, and juniors in high school, they have their, it's an intrinsic uh, desire to go play. Mm-hmm. And so it's mm-hmm. not, it's not because their parents are dropping off, off at a scheduled class, which is good, right. For development right. and all that. Right. But it's really cool. When I start to see these kids, they're coming out to play on their own and with they're their friends. For it, right? Oh, they're hungry exactly. for it. So exactly. it's really cool to see them take it on and, and go from, yeah, just beginning to, to all the way, you know, to playing on their high school teams. And it's really cool. Well, Sarah, you, you did you did wonderful. You led me into my next question uh, regarding some programs. Operation 36 Golf, which I know you're mm-hmm. heavily involved in. And you're actually, I just saw today, uh, named one of the top 50 master coaches in that program. So congratulations on that. But tell our listeners, because I, I know a little bit about it. I have some friends that have had some of their kids go through this. But tell us about uh, Operation 36. Sure. So I was able to get involved right when they opened it up to coaches like outside of their own little network of Mm -hmm. friends. Um, so 2016, I went to their training and, uh, the way that they present golf to beginners and to those learning, wanting to get into the game, uh, I just thought made perfect sense. Uh, and they have a huge passion. Um, Matt and Ryan, who created this, when I spoke to Matt on the phone about it, just, I was pumped Mm because they're so passionate about it. So it's great to be around people who, um, are really professional and passionate about what they do. That's just, you know, contagious. But um, the whole premise is that we have a weekly class building skills, golf skills, of course, putting, chipping, bunkers, full swing, all of it. But on the golf course, we start them at 25 yards. So we very much scale down the course. Uh, so they're at play from 25 yards for nine holes and they do keep score. So this, this program is primarily for ages seven and over. Because a little bit before that might be just even keeping score might feel like sure. a little too much pressure. And we never want to turn someone off to the game. But by age seven and above, um, and it's Operation 36. So if they score 36 or better for that nine holes from 25 yards, then they graduate to 50 yards. And so on and so forth. Back back to 100 yards, then 150 and so on. So um, it makes it very manageable. It gives them set goals. Um, and although... Uh, 36 is the ultimate goal. Uh, even improving by one stroke is something that we try to celebrate and, and, and also let them know that there will be ups and downs, you know, no pun intended, but there will Mm -hmm. be ups and downs in their score. If I show them a a score chart 
of a PGA tour player. And it looks like a heartbeat, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, They're shooting 76 and they're shooting 66 and every once in a while they might get to that 62, but Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's pretty cool when they see that their chart looks the same and it's just part of what this game is. And, uh, and then just to have very manageable goals. Um, And when they do hit their true challenge point on the golf course at a certain yardage, um, the cool thing about op 36 is there's so many facilities involved and so many rounds of golf being logged that they can see that it'll take um, a player at least 20 attempts to pass their yardage, which I think is super helpful because a lot of times, you know, by the 10th or the 11th time, especially if they pass the first one in 20, two times or three mm-hmm. times sure, they hopefully. might they might start getting discouraged and and have trouble you know wanting wanting to continue so we have that information that helps me to coach them through through that and it's so fun and rewarding to see them when they when they reach that goal they're so pumped so well, as you know it, it's it's kind of teaching them when they probably don't even know it just kind of the frustration sometimes with the yeah. game that, that we're always going to have regardless yep. you know so it's oh, probably sure. you know that's a life lesson there that they're they're getting that they're probably not even realizing at the time are they absolutely and the parents know it one time there's this little boy and and a lot of times we try to say please you know please don't don't know where your score is at right i've had mm-hmm. a lot of kids they're they're like okay, I just let my dad keep score and I just did my thing. And, and, you know, it took some pressure off. Right. So they're learning those sorts of strategies, but there was a time and it's happened multiple times, but there was one period in particular and he's wonderful dad. His, his son was upset and crying and he, he came to me. He's like secretly, well, I'm sad he didn't pass today. This is such a huge lesson for him. Mm -hmm. And, you know, he's Mm going to overcome this and he will pass and, you know, so it's just, that's right. It, it teaches them the perseverance. And even my own daughter, she's 12 now. She plays volleyball. She plays soccer. Um, when she's getting up to serve for volley, volleyball, mm-hmm. um, she's unfazed. She's, she's stood in front of people and hit shots on the golf course because it's usually a group of three or four and they each have a parent with them. And sometimes they're spectators. She's played in front of people. It's just, she's not it's she's not phased, you know, and not to right. say she's perfect all the time, but it's just, it is building these skills that transfer to other sports and just to overall life lessons. So it's, it's, it's great. <laughs> Sarah kind of changing gears a, a little bit. I want to kind of, you know, this is kind of maybe for the listeners that maybe have a, you know, maybe a loved one that that's just getting into the game. Can you just talk about how, how it's okay to like, to, to struggle at, at times to start with, you know, you're not going to pick it up overnight. You got, you know, you're going to whiff, you're going to hit one, you know, off the map once in a while, but, but oh, can you just sure. talk about kind of get, especially those people that are, you know, want to get started in the game or, or, or maybe a little bit tentative um, to, to start. Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's, it's certainly, I think you need to manage your expectations. And, and a, a lot of what I do is managing expectations of parents, right? The at least 20 times before a child would pass if it's their uh, challenge point. But, um, you know, if we think about how we learn anything, um, it's, there's always, always obstacles, even if we're learning how to walk, right? How many mm-hmm. times do our kiddos fall down and they just get back up? So it's one of those things that um, if you can stay patient and if you understand that the learning process is not just an upward trajectory, that there's peaks and valleys. And even in the pros, like I mentioned with their scoring, they're usually within a 10 shot window on average. 
Um, but from the motor learning of it, I've been able to work with some folks who are really, really smart and, and um, they, they understand skill acquisition. And what they've said is that it takes 12 to 24 months uh, before something is a true habit that will perform under pressure. And they see that mm -hmm. whether you're a beginner or an elite. And this, this person, Dr. Rick Jensen, he works with elite players. And it's the same for, you know, any, any professional golfer that you can think of. So it's 12 to 24 months. Um, that does not mean that you will uh, struggle the whole time, but you will have some peaks and valleys once you feel like you've obtained the skill and it, you got it on the range and you've got it, you've put yourself in some training scenarios that put some pressure on yourself. Then you take, you can take it to the course and see if it, if it holds and see, uh, and if it hasn't, if it didn't, if, it, if you feel like you've gone mental or if it's broken down, you just haven't had enough time with it yet. So that's, I think the power of yet is very, very big in this sport and probably with any skill acquisition, but just overall, 12 to 24 months. So it's a uh, solid training and uh, not to say that we have to dedicate six days a week, but when we're out there practicing, make sure you practice with a purpose, make sure you have some good feedback if you're trying to say change your path or things like that. So hopefully people work with a, an instructor who can give them some, some ideas on how to get some instant feedback. So you know that what you're practicing is what you're supposed to be doing. <laughs> right. And right. doing uh, the right things. Right. Doing the right thing. Yeah. So, um, but it takes time, but it's certainly worth it. And this game is many things to many people. I suppose it depends on, on what their, their goals are. But if you just want to, I, I have so many adults and especially women, of course, but I have, mm -hmm. you know, I teach a lot of men too. They just don't, they don't want to embarrass themselves when they mm -hmm. get invited to go out to a best shot events and they don't want to tow it off, you know, off the tee box and hit the tee mark, tee marker right next mm -hmm. to them, right? So it's, um, and I get that. So it's not like the overall goal is to make everybody uh, go on tour. It's just, let's, you, you can, you can improve quickly with some of the basics. And then if you're looking to try to break a hundred or break 90 or break 80, yep. then that there, therein lies, you know, of course, more practice and more, more work, but I think anybody can play this sport. It's, it's pretty awesome. I agree. And I, I'm, I'm going to give you a little plug. I tell people, you know, that, that want to get either get started in the game or that like the game, but they're like, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. You know, do I need to do clubs? Do I need this? I'm like, go get a lesson, go get a package yeah. of lessons, you know, yep. get that foundation started. Cause if you don't have that foundation, you're going to, you know, you're not going to enjoy it as much, are you? No, no. And it's so fun, especially in the first lessons It with players that I have some experience, but they're just, you know, they come to me because they've struggled and they, they don't mm -hmm. want to quit. And um, mm -hmm. to find a couple of things, you know, the keystones for them and their game and how their body moves um, that they can then work on. And it, sometimes you, a lot of times you can see some instant improvement. Does it stay if they go take it to the course the next day? <laughs> no. Right. Because that's, again, that's the whole thing of our brains, our mm -hmm. pesky brains and how they, mm -hmm. how they learn and motor learning and all that. But, um, but there's, they, they, you know, that look when they just are stunned that they just hit a, that great shot. It's just so fun. So, but yeah, I think otherwise, um, n no disrespect to any golf tips or anything. And I've certainly put tips out there and stuff, but um, if, if it's not meant for you, if, if, if it doesn't hit on what you truly need, then that you could change something that you don't need to change. And then you're, you're have two things that are maybe going sideways on you. So, yeah, 
I think I do, of course, agree with um, a, a package of lessons or signing up with a friend mm-hmm. uh, is is really important. So, Sarah, I want to go back to your your Simpsons days a little bit. Uh, you played for the late uh, Bob Dara. Um, sure. Some of our listeners might know him from, you know, his Simpson golf days or, or his mm-hmm. Dowling wrestling days. I actually know him from when he kind of first started rest, or coaching wrestling in Morning Sun, Iowa, which is really oh, yeah. close to where I grew up. Um, but can you give give us a few, uh, maybe a couple Bob Dara stories, uh, not to put you <laughs> on the spot, but just oh, kinda, no, it's, yeah, it, it's great. I love my time at Simpson, uh, and on the golf team, the, the gals that I played with, we just had so much fun, but we also tried to do our best. Right. But we always joke that he, tr- he tried to feed us like wrestlers. You know, okay. he, he coached mm-hmm. men and boys for so yep. long. Yep. And, and, but I tell you what, that, that, um, uh, that group of the group of his former wrestlers would do anything for him. Mm-hmm. And um, he held an annual fundraiser and these, these men and their families would, you know, they may have graduated 15 years prior and they would come to Indiola, Iowa mm-hmm. to play in an event and buy raffle tickets. And, and they would fund our trips down to Alabama on spring break and just, you know, all that, food that he would try sure. to feed us yeah and you know the the vans you know just whatever wouldn't fit in the budget that simpson provided and so that was always just really um humbling and just it was it was amazing how much these these gentlemen loved him and uh respected him and and um so yes his his loss when he passed it was a big loss and and his wife was tremendous uh he always you know, said that Donna kept him in check. And and I think it was my junior year that she, she unfortunately passed away. Okay. Um, and, uh, but she would always come on trips up until that point. Um, but uh, yeah, we would always joke too, because he would be in the trees. Like all of a sudden you'd, you'd see him pop <laughs> yeah. out from a tree, yeah. you know, yeah. from behind yeah. a tree. And we would just, we would just get a kick out of that too. Uh, he so he fed watching. us like wrestlers. He was always yeah. watching and uh, he certainly had the mind of a champion. That's mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, we probably frustrated him a little bit with, <laughs> you know, being more social and whatever, yeah. but, yep. Yep. but um, you know, he gave us some great, great opportunities and he certainly, we knew he cared about us and, and we knew he cared about the program. So it was, it was a really fine experience down there with him. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I like I said, I, I knew Bob just a little bit. Didn't know him personally by any means, but like I said, kind of got his start pretty close to where I grew up. So that's how I kind of kind of knew him from. But yeah, uh, yeah, and he always had kind of a gruff voice, right? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and um, you know, after college, it's not that we lost touch. We just weren't in, in touch as frequently. And one time, I, I answer the phone, and I can't even you know, do an impression, but he's like, do you know who this is? And I was like, coach, <laughs> like, yeah. you, can't, you can't forget his voice. You know, mm-hmm. it, was, it was really funny. I just laughed so hard. Do you know who this is? I'm like, of course I do. How are you doing coach? So that's awesome. That, that's, stuff. that's the stuff that we remember, isn't it? Yep. For sure. Yep. For sure. Well, Sarah, I uh, I sure appreciate you coming on the podcast. Um, you do so much good work for the the game of golf. So so thank you oh. from the IGA for everything you do, and uh, we'll, well uh, talk to much. you later. Sounds great. Thank you so much, You're and thank welcome. you for all that the IGA does. It's tremendous. Yeah.